welcome everybody to this episode of the Astrology Oddcast and I am blessed with Susie Ashworth who will sing her introduction. Hi my name is Susie Ashworth and I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Good. I've just been geeking out on um, Susie's pods and you know all the stuff like you do if you Try to be professional. <laughs> Trying, yeah. Let's organise, you know, because normally I'm like, hi, let's chat, give me a chat, and we go. But, um, you know, we're upgrading. And so, Susie, thanks for being here. I came, I've been up, is that podcast out? It's not, it's not out. We're saving it. We are saving it. We've got our hard hitters, and you are in that category. So we, we're saving it. It will be out within the next kind of seven to eight weeks. I've got a feeling, I don't think you're out in December. I think you might be out in January. So mm. some kind of full moon. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, so I did a great pod. I was at mum and dad's, must have been in the summer and I couldn't see her because the internet's so rubbish there. And we just, I was like, oh God, she's great at this. Like she's so good. Like A, you've done your research. And B, your questions. I was like, wow, like <laughs> I, I can understand why she's good at what she does. Cause it, and as well, obviously, you've got Scorpio in your chart. So you've just got that penetrating. Someone says something and you're like, okay, well, let's just move that aside and go in. <laughs> um, so it was great. And then I wanted to get you on the pod, but you are extremely busy. And I mean, I've been away as well. And it was like one of those things. Like, oh, yeah, we'd love to catch up. See you in five months or something ridiculous. And so here we are. Yay. Really exciting. And I mean, I'm going to ask you loads of questions, but Susie, you know, beginning of a pod, who, who are you? How, how would you like to intro? Yeah, well, I mean, I've introduced myself in many, many different ways over the last 10 years. But ultimately, right now, I think that I am um, I'm a success coach. I'm a life coach. I'm a business coach. I'm the queen of receiving self-appointed and work in progress. But ultimately, I've been in the online space for the last 10 years, helping people go beyond what they think is possible for themselves. And that's in life and business. And that is my jam. I've realized, particularly in the last few months with the process of writing the book, that Ultimately, the thing that gets me most excited is transformation. And this year has been an interesting one for me because I think that whilst there have been so many incredible things that have happened, it's also felt a little bit more sticky for me than probably in the last, well, in the, in the whole 10 years of being in business. And so it's been a really, it's been really interesting observing myself and dealing with the stickiness because usually it kind of feels like ascension, 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 ascension. And this yeah. year it, it has not felt like that. What do you mean by sticky? I mean, just, I think it's required a whole new level of intention. And I think that sometimes at least when I have my rose-tinted glasses on, I'm like, ease and flow. And oh. even when it is challenging, it's like, it's it's just, we're going to get through it. And this year has been a year where we've got through sticky stuff. But when I compare like 2021, when I was separating from my ex, there was obviously a lot of shit 
And yet mm-hmm. still getting to the end of the year, I was like, oh, you know, I've, this has been okay. Hard and sad and grief and all of that stuff, but it's been okay. Whereas this year I've been a bit like, oh, okay, 2023. I think it's just the pandemic pandemic hangover, COVID hangover, um, um, global economic crisis and people feeling, I think it's just felt a little heavier than what I am used to 2023, which is interesting to observe. Yeah, really interesting because I wonder why. I think also I've just turned 45 and so I had a very, like on my 40th midlife crisis. Yeah. <laughs> did I tell you that last time? Oh, I think we did that in, when I was 40. <laughs> no, the astrological midlife crisis. So what does that, does that mean, is that does what it says on the tin? Well, yes and no. It's um, crisis in Greek. I mean, I could Google it, but I won't because it'll be noisy. But crazy or the derivative of the word means kind of peak point, like the 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 moment something actually happens, like a healing crisis is where, you know, you're ill, you're ill, you're ill, and then all the mucus comes out. That's the healing crisis, but actually it's the good It's bit. the breakthrough. It's like, yes, thank you. And so the midlife crisis isn't, is a breakthrough. Yeah. It's just that. It's, it's like things are moving, moving, moving. And what it is astrologically is your natal Saturn. So you, you've everybody or a lot of people, actually not everybody, I'm always amazed at how many people haven't heard of the Saturn return. The Saturn return is when you're 29 and so on your birthday, you say many happy returns. And whenever a planet returns to where it was when you were born, we have that planetary return that you can have a Venus return or a lunar return or a Mercury return. Saturn returns at 29, but he he takes 29 years. Therefore, halfway through his lap is 14. So when we're 14 and then 45, there's an opposition of Saturn. And there's also a Uranus opposition, Uranus. So that's why it's going to start calling Uranus, Uranus. Because <laughs> astrologers say Uranus, but anyway. A Uranus opposition at the same time. And that's the midlife crisis. Right. So your so asshole and with... your head are fighting with each other at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Your desire for freedom and rebellion is really clashing with your desire for independence and responsibility and owning your own responsibility and that is when a lot of people you know um kind of give up on things (gasps) oh my god so all your mates so no but I wrote a post about this or maybe I even did it I don't know whether I did a podcast on it but Mm. I was particularly aware of a wave of posts from people who Maybe they've been in the industry for as long as I have or around their 45th birthday, just being like, oh, okay, I'm I'm giving up now. And, oh. and I was really like, is there something wrong with me? Is there like, <laughs> what? Because I saw it in so many places. And then I was just like, I really just sat with myself because it's the 10th year that I've been in business as well. I really sat with myself and was just like, what is it that I desire? And again, as we kind of full circling in this conversation, it's, it's always transformation. It's mm. always going beyond what the mind will tell you is possible. Like that runs through my veins and I am the best model for my work. And so ultimately 
how I got to shift things around is really understanding that in order to keep expanding, there is always some contraction. And the meaning that we give the contraction will absolutely determine how you behave and what the next steps are. And so for me, it was really like, okay, there's another invitation for me to get even better at my work, embody even more what transformation means. And so here we are. And so that you saw people giving up because it was too hard? I think, I don't think many people were saying it's too hard. I think that they were saying, I'm tired. Tired. I think they were saying, I've been at this for long enough and... I, I don't, what I read is that I don't believe that I'm going to be able to achieve what it is that I want to achieve. And so, you know what, I'm hanging up my boots. Interesting. Really interesting. You've seen that because I've not seen that. But yeah, shows that we're all in whatever we're in. Yeah. And and yeah, there's always synchronicities with whatever's going on. And like you say, yeah, you are very scorpionic rising scorpio mars and scorpio venus and scorpio you are here for the big transformation now you said something a second ago that i wanted to pick up on which was um oh yeah it's not even that it's what i was thinking when you were talking i was thinking about your career before it when you worked at the guardian and, and that was in advertising yes because you're you're crazy good at marketing yourself now yeah i think (laughs) really really when I saw that I was like ah this makes sense and how much do you think of this work um, is that is being not just for you personally the industry I think that brand building and building your business I I was going to say unfortunately but I I enjoy it. it you know it suits me a lot of people they just want to coach or they just want to do what it is that they feel good at and unfortunately, if you don't know how to build a brand, you, you're going to limit your income and you're going to limit your impact. So I think that it plays a huge part. What is also true is that you can't polish a turd. So if you are the best person in the whole entire world at marketing, but you're shit at your job, it's gonna, the wheels will fall off eventually. So yes, it's a skill that we need. Yes, it's really important. Understanding that you being rejected is not a rejection of who you are as a human being, you know, building up that resilience, being creative, being innovative, all of that stuff, it matters. You know, we've literally just done a free coaching series called the World Class Coach. And I talk about transformation of you on a personal level, transformation for your clients and transformation for your business. And ultimately, if you want to have a world-class coaching business, you have to be tapped in and tuned in to transformation and evolution on all three of those levels all the time. Perfect. I had another question. It just fell out of my head. Well, is there anything you'd want to say on that whilst I think? I, I think it's just the same as anything. I think if you're serious about helping a lot of people, then... Honing your marketing chops is just as important as refining your own personal mastery in whatever your skill set or your niche is. And I think that a lot of people, they tell themselves the story that they're no good at it, they're no good at it, they're no good at it. And your intention setting, you're setting a scene the more you repeat something. So I think that 
really giving yourself permission to allow yourself to be getting better every day. Like every day I get better at communicating. Every day I get better at messaging. Every day I'm getting just a little bit more. You're setting a new internal environment for how you think about the stuff that you're stretching the muscle in. So everything starts with intention. So it doesn't really matter. It does matter where you are, but really importantly, it matters where you want to go. And then from that place of knowing where it is that you want to go, you just start to stretch the muscle. Every day I get a little bit better at one step closer. You seem so sad as well. I mean, you've got the scorpionic side, but there is a definite Sagittarius in you to me. And it, it could be your Jupiter in the ninth, but your big visions, big dreams, always going further, always going further, always going further. Yeah. It's alive in your chart one way or another. So, Susie, I've, I had a question for you a minute ago. It has fallen out of my head. It will pop back, yes. I hope, soon. Doing that, I must always. That's why I'm always scribbling. If you ever see me looking down, it's because I have a Mercury Neptune and things fall out my head yeah. very quickly. Um, so I want to talk a little bit. Other than we'll talk about your book and the pillars. I don't know how much you want to share on the pod, but you know yeah. you can tease it. Um, I'd love to talk about relationships because I was just listening to you talk about that, and uh, that was great. Also, really inspiring. You do these twenty-minute podcasts that are just storytelling, super engaging. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was really great. And but also I'm very curious about it. And you said you've got an update for that. Yeah. What, what that. was I saying on the podcast? And, yeah, <laughs> I love that. I don't know. <laughs> um, what were you saying? You were talking about the Viking <laughs> who was hot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there was a few things that you said that I are things that I often think about is like basically hotties get an allowance you know we have boundaries with people but then you have boundaries for hot <laughs> and that that is a thing that's a thing I'm hot because <laughs> the thing is that's me ad-libbing I, the thing is I feel like I'm a bit like you on your podcast you just kind of yeah. chat it's like you and the mic and you're not really aware that it's going out to thousands of people, people. <laughs> no. so when you reflect that to me I'm immediately like oh my god did I did I say that uh yes I did yeah relatable yeah honestly I I mean I I sit here and I'll pod 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 and then when I meet someone in real life and and I'm like oh god (laughs) like oh god he's yeah that's quite a 12th house thing I have to say astrologically it's like uh, and Sag super open super honest but holy yeah. TMI <laughs> trigger warning incoming TMI, thank you. <laughs> so I'm gonna trigger you a bit more so yeah you were talking about these guys you're talking about the young guys and the old guys which I'm here for also quite Sagittarian <laughs> um the Viking who's hot and we do you know apparently it's a thing in in court hotties get more lenient sentences yeah we, we we are nice to hotties so and I you know you're there and you, you're swiping and it was all the you know you give moderate interest to people and if someone's absolutely smoking then we do I really am fascinated by that as a concept because even on social media yes like there are there are hotties on social media who say basically nothing. Yeah. <laughs> they're not that inspiring or bright, and but they're really attractive and charming. Yes. 
and people go oh my god thank you thank you oh my god so much <laughs> and you're just like but don't be fooled it. don't be fooled into thinking that they're earning shitloads of money because not all of them are and you do have to have a you've got to have some substance so you know I don't know at what yeah, but you need less you need less substance if you're hot. You need less substance to open the door. But to get through it and actually get to the dinner table, you do need some. That's my, do you know what I mean? I think, and I've thought about this a lot. As a dark-skinned black woman, you know, traditionally, I'm not in the category that everybody's like, oh, you're hot, you know, where's my kids, mixed race. They're like, oh, they're gorgeous. Do you, do you know what I mean? It's like the stereotypes. Yeah. And I look after myself, but I wouldn't put myself in the hottie category. I think that my personality makes me more attractive, which is why you've got the other end of the spectrum where not hot Mm. at all, but as soon as they open their mouth and you're like falling all over yourself laughing, you're like, oh my God, I wouldn't stop you in the street, but I am all over you. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> you stop me. You know. I've stopped. Because you've got to um, work the brain. We can't get them on it's harder on dating apps. Absolutely. So funny. Dating apps. But give... how much allowance did you give the Hottie Viking then? Not not a lot, actually. And so I was that's what I was saying. I can't remember where in the story that it where it ended, but it, ultimately it did end. Um and I, in the end I just got a little bit bored mainly because I think that he was he had an avoidant attachment style yeah I loved what you said so he was really he talked about heart chakras and doing the work and all of that stuff which that was quite attractive I'm not gonna lie down below was a little bit excited by all of that talk but ultimately it was just talk there was a disconnect he thought that he'd once once a friend of mine, actually a friend of my ex's, told me that he'd read um, A Course in Miracles. And the way that he talked about A Course in Miracles was like, oh, you read it for every day. You read a passage every day for 365 days. And by the end of the book, you're enlightened. I was like, that's not the way that it works, Steve. <laughs> but, and I kind of got that same <laughs> vibe with the Viking. He'd read something about chakras and opening his heart and thought that he had done it. But... The reality is, is that he was looking for a reason to protect himself, um, which he did very effectively. So I think I gave it a couple of weeks and then I was like, Do you know what, I'm moving on and moved on. We have done. That's all Ooh, I'm saying. Go on then. Oversharing Susie. <laughs> you know, I'm going to say more. <laughs> no more. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's where we got Overshare. to with the Viking. There was a Viking and then there was a young boy that you've been on some dates with. Young boy is still in play, actually. He's 36. 36. Quite old. I mean, it's nine years younger than me. He's like a baby. That's a nodal opposition. It's very good. It's a very good thing, a nine-year difference. Because your north node and his north node and his south node will be the same. So it's a very nice karmic connection. Right, okay. I am actually dating someone who's nine years older than me as well, which kind of feels weird. Nine years younger, nine years older. Oh, good. I have hope for the nine years older. Oh, great. I'm open to receiving. I think what has been so beautiful, actually, about the youngster and the older guy Mm. is that they have encouraged me 
like the question that I'm asking myself is how much more can I allow myself to receive? Because both of these guys are very giving and very like they really want me to feel supported and held. And I've never really experienced that in my relationships and and I don't mean that to discredit my ex, but I just, I was the person who took the lead and made sure that everything was okay. And I was just always, I'm fine. I've got it. I've got, you know, I've got my shit together. So he didn't really have to take that role of looking after me. I didn't allow myself to be looked after. And so in this process, again, this is all infinite receiving work. In this process of allowing myself to soften, open my heart and just be more vulnerable, which basically means that I have to let people see me. As I'm letting these guys see me, they are seeing me and they are like doing really like, they are lovely things. That is like, oh, I, with the 36 year old, I was supposed to meet him on one side of town. I canceled an appointment. As soon as he heard that I'd canceled an appointment, he was like, I'll come to you. I don't want you having to get in a taxi and like schlep all of the way over town. Like that was nice. Older guy drove me all the way from Shoreditch to my home in Kent. I'm like, that's cool. Wow. I love that. That's, you know, and I think that in the past, I just would Mm. never have allowed that for myself. I think that maybe if Mm. I had been offered, which I don't ever think that I have been offered these things, but if I had been offered, I would have said, no, it's fine. God, no, don't be silly. It's fine. I'll come to you. Or like, don't, God, you can't give me a lift for like over an hour. Like that's, I just would never have done that. But really leaning into what does it mean now for me to be supported, for me to be looked after, for me to be open to receiving I'm getting and to allow it yeah yeah and to and to not take less I loved what you were saying just like something in your head has switched which is I called this year the love revolution and a lot of it has been about values and I'm seeing it everywhere in that people are just something's flipped in their head and and it's like oh right oh no okay like I understand now I am the prize I am the prize I actually know that to be true yeah that's what you said I that's it I, there's a there's a different level, and it's funny actually. This this older guy I was seeing at the weekend, and he said, "Have you always been this confident?" And I said, "Well, probably I have. Like, if you'd have seen me or my friends from back in the day, would wouldn't say that I'm more or less confident than what I have always been." And then we carried on talking for a little while, and then what I realised is, is that my my confidence from a self worth perspective in love that's the thing that's grown because mm. I really did not value myself at all. And now I am like, you're fucking lucky, you know, like vi- vi- <laughs> I think about the Viking and I'm like, you are crazy. Like the stuff that you were talking at, like you're literally crazy. Like you don't get it. And it feels very empowering to be like, and also I accept we weren't a match we weren't supposed to be like so that's also okay exactly yeah but he didn't get it Mm. I'm like if you don't get it then you don't get it but I'm the price (laughs) yeah exactly and he's not gonna get it but and you know people go from person who doesn't get it to person who doesn't get it to person who doesn't get it because 
of the self-esteem thing, which, yeah. as you say, is different to confidence. Confidence, bravado, arrogance, they're, they're, um, they're not the same. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying, obviously, I'm not saying confidence, but they are a different layer yeah. to what's going on inside. Yeah. And they manifest it. I do think confidence can come, you know, a confident, arrogant person who in, inside doesn't have self-esteem. I've always, I remember thinking that at uni and saying it to someone, and they were like, I don't know what you're talking about. Because I, I had a very good friend who was very arrogant, but lacked self-esteem. Yeah. And could see that I think that and I think arrogance is a lack of self-esteem because otherwise you're just confident 100% and I think that there is you talked about the pillars it's one of the pillars is seeing yourself yes I would like you to talk about the pillars yeah well do you know what it's all intertwined so one of the pillars is seeing yourself in your unique greatness and people have a problem with that because it's just not really encouraged because when we talk about seeing yourself in your unique greatness, it is very close to what we've been told we shouldn't do, which is be an egomaniac or be too big for our boots or shine too brightly. And what I talk about in the book is us no longer playing this zero sum game. So if I say, God, I'm the prize, it's not coming from this place of I am the only prize. It's coming from this place of... yeah. I am uniquely special. There is nobody on this planet who is the same as me. And I am understanding and appreciating that more than I have ever appreciated it. And I sit here opposite you today, knowing that there is nobody on this planet other that does Francesca Oddi other than you. Like you are unique and I am unique. So it's this whole... Eastern philosophy, like yogic philosophy, the light in me sees a light in you. And when we, like my vision is for more, as many people as possible to understand these pillars, but can you imagine living in a universe where you are able to celebrate your greatness and people not feeling any kind of way, not feeling jealous, not feeling like you're taking the limelight, not feeling like you're taking anything away from them because they understand their own unique greatness too. It's not about putting anybody exactly. down. It's about us appreciating who we are. Change the game. Mm-hmm. A few, all right, I've written a few things there. So... The, the people being threatened, I, th- I find that a, a massively interesting conversation in, you know, the envy and competition and we're all different. So there should be no competition. I remember my numerology teacher saying that to me years ago because someone ripped off my idea and they were like, but they're not you. So it's it's not the same because it can never be the same. Everything you do is yours. You're unique. Yeah. The end. Um, Eastern philosophy, um, the light in me sees the light in you. Totally. But when I was in the Maldives this year, Everybody I was working with was Eastern from India or the Philippines or Thailand or from the Maldives. And it was so interesting. I don't know if I spoke to you before or after I've been to Maldives. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but they, it was very hard to get them to value themselves. Yeah. So, you know, from a Christian perspective, the, the quote that popped into my head was a God knows can count every single hair on your head. Who are you not to think you're special? Yeah. And, you know, there is, and as well, you know, Christian philosophy is very confusing in as much as be humble, be humble, but also recognize from a spiritual perspective that you are a divine creation mm. and you should have some respect for yourself without going overboard. But also 
it was very hard to get them to feel to do that it it was doing their chart telling them who they are they were so submerged by well it's cultural conditioning though it's it's oh totally thank you you know the west has been pedestaled in many places in the east the west has been pedestaled light skin has been pedestaled and so when you have a white woman from the uk reading your birth chart saying you're amazing instead of them being like I can receive this as my equal speaking. What they've been conditioned to believe is is that you're on this pedestal, you're elevated. So, you know, it's not even just about general self-esteem. It's like, you're more than me, which as soon as somebody, as soon as you give that power to somebody, you diminish your own power. And so that's why this work, in my opinion, bring us right back to the beginning of the conversation transformation is so important it's why we did the world-class coach series because I want as many people as possible to understand one the principles of infinite receiving because that's you know what we teach that's the foundation everybody is coaching from but that unpicking the stories that people hold that tell them that they are not enough, that they are not worthy, and they are not deserving of their dreams and desires. That you, you can't create meaningful and lasting transformation if you are living a life where you feel like you're not enough. And 99.9% of the world feel like they're not good enough because they're trained into looking and thinking that because a person has more money or a bigger car, or if they just had this, then they would be good enough which is a recipe for... A but even with the with them, in... go on, finish. No, well, it's a recipe for a life, living a life full of lack. Mm. No, I totally get it. But it was such, the biggest education for me being in the Maldives was reading for people who are completely culturally different. Mm. The staff, not the guests, yeah. obviously. Um and I was on working on a level. I was part of the wellness team, which also was an amazing experience to like, you know, be, really being immersed in another culture, mm. being in the staff room with them and, and be eating with them. But then also I was with the guests as well. It was a, it was fascinating to be immersed in that. But really like, oh, right, the, the, from a Buddhist perspective or that it's just like, yeah, no, good luck. <laughs> they, they were just not going to hear me and I just sounded like a kind of American I just felt yes I felt that you know western greedy self-absorbed and and they I could see that they're just like okay lady <laughs> like nah yeah which I also and you know some of my friends they're, they're my friends and it, I went swimming with them and we chat about it and that it was like there's a totally different value system operating here well and I haven't, you know, I'm sort of, go on. Well, no, that's what I, I was going to say, that understanding your unique greatness for me is about living into my limitless potential. My limitless potential is about impact. It is about reach. It is about, you know, touching as many people as possible. But I also understand that that's my unique blueprint. Somebody else's unique blueprint is yes. I desire to be the best mother only in this lifetime and I will dedicate my life to being the best mother 
And what you want to do or what we want to do is help people understand what their unique blueprint is and own it. So that person has a different value system to me. But can you own your value system without diminishing it? Can you own your role in your life without diminishing it? And I think that that is an important distinction. Yeah, I love that. And that's also valuable when I think about it, if I were to go back, that I've got, you've got to understand who you're talking to. Yes. And their values. Yes. Hundred. And completely reframe everything. Yeah. So, and and also the way you weave pillars into talking about dates, love it, marketing <laughs> genius. So, <laughs> weave, weave your pillars back into the date yeah. again. So, go on. So, I think that a big part of the work is understanding that you are a conduit and a generator for infinite love. And the love pillar, for me, has changed every single relationship that I have right now. And I think probably one of the most important relationships has been with my ex who I now, for the most part, like we have like, again, this year has been a challenging year because he has a new partner and it's a serious relationship. And so it has changed the dynamic that we have. And so the invitation has been, how much more are you willing to continue opening your heart? even when it hurts, even if you feel like, what the fuck is going on right now? Why are you not getting me? Yeah. And there have been many moments this year where I have felt like that in this new dynamic. And yet as we sit here today, what I genuinely feel like right now in this moment is a huge amount of warmth in my chest. My heart is open. I love my, I'm able to, and I mean, obviously I always love him, but like I feel genuine love for him and for her, I wouldn't quite say that I feel love for her right now, but my heart is open to her. And Mm -hmm. that is Mm -hmm. the work of softening and opening. I think because, yeah, it's a softening and opening of my heart because ultimately for an entire lifetime I kept my heart very protected it was very 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 defensive very closed off it's like you can't get through you wouldn't know it on the outside but I knew it and so really the work that I've done the heart work that I've done and it can be as simple it can start with being as simple as asking yourself can I open my heart just a little bit more right now and what does that actually look like? Because I was thinking about this exact thing last night and, you know, being able to be generous and, and how you cultivate that. And is everybody capable of it? And are you able to love people even if, even if, even if? And what is unconditional love? What does it mean to be un- unconditionally loving? And even in difficult situations where it hurts, you go, OK, I've got a choice here. I, I could just close off or I could open this thing that a lot of people would say, you're mad. Yeah. You know, you're mad. <laughs> Why are you cultivating this? And with, you know, with divorce, I, I have a lot of clients and I'm, I'm friends with a lot of my, most of my exes. Mm-hmm. And I'm, because I'm able to get over myself and be like, well, okay, I understand that that's not ideal, but I can get past it. And I saw someone on a podcast recently be like, if you're like that, then you can't find someone else because you're still clinging on yeah. to the past. I was like, no, I'm not clinging on to the past. 
I'm, I'm not. I've moved on. It's difficult. I'm just maintaining this for whatever reason. Not the whole time. We're not texting every day, night, night, you know. Yeah. But th- there is something there. And so as a divorcee, I'd be really, or, or not, I don't know if you're married, the same partner. We are still married officially. But, oh, okay, you are married. But how? what does that, what does it look like? What does it, what does it actually, what goes through your head, for instance, you know, in, in that moment? What are your, if you can, it's very difficult to articulate personally, but how is it that you are able to return to love? Because there's always a choice where you could think, fuck him. You know, <laughs> you yeah. know he's going to be with her and it's going to be Christmas and I'm, you know, whatever. There's a, there's a, there's always like a point, isn't there, where you're like. Yeah, I think that I am really aware of how much pain that causes me. So ultimately, me living mm. my life with a more open heart is self-serving first and foremost. There is a lot of energy and pain and frustration that is tied up with me not being able to accept what is going on in the present moment. And I think that that that, what I've just said there is, is the key. What does it look like? It is deep acceptance and presence in the moment for what is. And when you ask yourself the question, can I open my heart just a little bit more now? Like even in this moment, when I ask myself that question, what happens is I deepen into being here with you. More of myself. I feel just I, I feel that. more of myself coming through yeah and get it when you can get bring it. that to relationship you know so on dates I was so crap at dating at the start of my dating like journey because I was so closed and so I would ask lots of questions but it was almost like a defense mechanism don't ask me don't see me don't you know I was worried about dating the next Tinder swindler. So I wouldn't really tell anybody anything about me. And that has also been a big, like, are you willing to be seen? Are you willing to let somebody see who you are, surface level? Are you willing to let somebody feel who you are, heart level? And the risk is that somebody will see you they will feel you and then they will Viking you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> if their heart's all right, <laughs> that, that's the, that's the risk. And when you are in that position, when you really like somebody that is going to hurt, but the type of love that I am available for in this next chapter of my life demands it demands mm. of me being willing to have my heart smashed into a thousand pieces because without vulnerability, you can't have the type of connection that I desire. Yeah. So all in. All in. That's scary. But you know you can heal. I know that I know I can heal. And, you know, my also one of my philosophies for life is just every step is necessary. Every step is necessary. Yeah, I, I, 
don't I've never understood the scared of being hurt thing. I think because I've been of course I've just been smashed up lots of times. <laughs> I remember being when I was first in Rome in 2008 having a f- walking along with my friend Violetta who I think was quite scorpionic actually and I was just like I'm just daredevil almost yeah you know too reckless actually I'm probably better now I think it's rare I think that people are afraid of being rejected I think that they are afraid that the pain of rejection will swallow them up you know, one of my friends who I've known for over 20 years, she lives in Costa Rica. She has lost a, a, a disproportionately high number of partners. And when I say lost, I mean they've died. And we were talking about her willingness to open her heart. And she just looked at me and just was like, no way. She's like, I'm done. Really? I am done. Really? Yeah. And I don't think that that is, maybe people aren't as extreme as her, but I do think that many more people, they're afraid of rejection. They're afraid of abandoning themselves. They're afraid of embarrassment. They're afraid of judgment. And so in order to avoid any of those things, they move through life filtering themselves and holding and refusing to allow themselves to go all in because that's way too vulnerable for them and and was for me Mm. yeah interesting and unless it's subconscious yeah but I guess we're all doing we've all got different lessons but it's it's all you know the different perspectives it's really interesting it's definitely very scorpionic to be like that the control okay I'm gonna think about that um so infinite receiving the pillars yes we've done two uh pillar number it's not necessarily number three which are say again number one is pillar of infinite greatness oh (laughs) pillar number two (laughs) is pillar of (laughs) infinite love knowing that you can be a pillar for infinite love um uh, pillar number three pillar of infinite support and <laughs> the pillar of infinite support, I talk about this on a, on a very 3D level. Like, so when I'm talking about allowing myself to get a lift home from London to Kent, that's allowing myself to be supported. You know, when I ask for what I need, again, it's allowing myself to be supported. And it sounds so freaking easy, but the reality is, is that most people don't allow themselves to be supported because they have been let down and it hurts. And they have learned that it's not safe for them to rely on other people to help them. And so they take it all on themselves. And for me, this was a huge, like just a huge part of my story was and again this is all very subconscious you know I was fostered at the age of three months old and so when I go back to that beginning I had been with my birth mother for nine months in her womb I knew her smell I knew her touch I knew her laugh I knew everything about her for three months I am with her probably strapped to her back or her front Nigerian style like just there and then one day I will have been put in a car and taken 
about an hour away from my house and given to a whole new family. At that point in time, precognition, I will have been like, what the fuck is going on? Where is everything that I have ever known? And it's in Mm -hmm. that point of my journey, if other things hadn't happened before, that I would have felt like it is not safe. I am not safe. I am not supported. And my belief is, is that on micro and macro levels, this is happening for the majority of the human race. And when I look at the types of people who are attracted to my work, so I have a lot of mums, sometimes in partnership, sometimes not, but there's this sense of if I don't do it, no one will do it. This sense of I am carrying the weight of the world around on my shoulders and it's not safe for me to let it go. Now, whether that is true or not, because of the context of where somebody is living and the situation that they have been brought up in, I want to challenge it because on a very 3D level, particularly when you are the type of person who does desire to have a big impact, you can't do it all on your own. You know, they say it takes a village to raise a child. Just it takes a village for all things. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pro- it, it takes a village to run a bloody business. Yeah. We need, and no, we need and community. And it's far less acknowledged. Yeah. Because like you were saying, you're one of 4% women, it, is it? I think for black a, women, a it's like is 2%. It? So, and, and therefore it's far less understood, yeah. um, you know, the amount of support it takes to run a business. Yeah. So you're, you, I mean, you've got children as well, so you're doing both, and therefore people s- might see it a bit more. But yeah, takes takes a village to do a lot of things. Okay, uh, being any, I would like to talk about the astrology, but do you have anything else to say before I start? Um, just I talk about it on a three D level, and then from an, I also talk about it from a higher realms. I'm really like my your spirit team, and for me again, this realization came when I was doing a business course and they said, how supported do you feel? And I realized that in that moment, I was the woman who felt like she was walking around with the weight of the world on her shoulders. And both of my foster parents have passed away by this point. And I just, again, it was like a, a switch had flicked and I was just very aware of their presence. And all of a sudden it was like, who's parents are found in the back of a magazine and you get lucky with them like that is not just a coincidence how much love have you had in your life it's not a coincidence and their presence was present with me and I my own spiritual belief is that we're always connected to divine intelligence so some people want to call that god other people consciousness you know um, i call it various things but ultimately that thread of consciousness that runs through all sentient beings you can't break it so that connection is always there and it's just our level of awareness am i tuned in or am i not tuned in but the moment that you want to tune into it that universal intelligence is available and there for you and so when I think about the work that you do with astrology, I, my understanding actually now is it's more probably scientific than woo. But for me, it's still that um, 
upper realms support as opposed to like the tangible physical 3D support. It's all of those things. And are we utilizing them? When we choose to utilize them again, we can change our experience of life. Love that. And it's what what I am, what I picked up on when I was reading that you were fostered. And then I looked, obviously I'm going to look for the obvious signs of that in the chart. And, and something that I think about a lot, I was actually reading about someone who was adopted this morning and I, I was looking and I was like, have, you know, doing a good stalk and having a read and thinking. And always, as with everything, somehow the, the attitude, there's loads to it. For a start, past lives. Have you got a past life connection with your foster mm. parents? Probably. And, you know, it doesn't have to be a blood relation. I remember my friend, but, you know, he's a stepdad and he was like, oh, you know, it's not the same. I was like, yeah, well, you know, you don't give birth to loads of people, but you still, you can still love someone yeah. without them ble- being your blood. And, but also the, the experience is unique, but also the attitude. What is it that makes some people secure and some people insecure because of a rupture in early childhood mm. because those ruptures can take place in very um functioning homes yes you know little quotation marks and so you have a moon square saturn in your birth chart which is a moon saturn is characteristic moon is the mother saturn is some kind of cutting off it, it's the classic I've, I've i've written it a few times here like the, the sign for the moon and saturn the women who you work with who feel like they've got the weight of the world on their shoulders. It's very moon Saturn, moon Saturn. But moon Saturn people are um, productive women who, well, are men, but moon is women. But you find it in productive people, but because they're very, they have to learn to delegate. But the fact that they kind of hustle and are prepared to work at the beginning is part of the reason that they are successful. And then they have to learn to delegate. Saturn makes you uncomfortable, it makes you work. And yeah, it shows up somewhere in your early childhood there was something where you were like, whoa, I am alone. And, you know, and, and, and it's, a, it's a characteristic that we, that we can take with mm. us. But it will happen in all sorts of homes. And it can be, I've got my friends, you know, my very good friends with their lovely children who's, who my friends are being, doing everything they can. And that one of their child has got this same signature. And, you know, it's like, oh, just something was said one day. And internally, the child was like, I can't trust you. Yeah. And that it doesn't even have to be as extreme as being fostered or adopted or something that, you know, you can see on paper. It's all about our, the astrology shows the experience. And if the experience is, whoa, yeah, you've abandoned me. And, you know, but it, there are still, obviously, it's not the same thing. I don't want to diminish or exaggerate or et cetera. But I just want to say on that note, for me, it, it doesn't diminish anything everybody that story can be real or experienced but regardless of whether it is real or experienced that we that we have perceived yeah perception when it comes to creating and feeling worthy and deserving and capable of creating a whole new reality is all seeded in that perception so it's irrelevant whether it's true or not if you believe it to be true if you gave it the meaning that I am not worthy or my parents can't be trusted or I am unsupported you will carry that through and so the point of the transformation is to find those stories and unpick them or transmute them turn them into something that is going to enable you to elevate and live into the new truth as opposed to your past experiences. 
alchemy. Alchemy, exactly. You know, really, that is, yeah. And, and because in astrology, you know, you can see that with, with children all around a dinner table. Brothers and sisters will all have a different chart and they all see, we'll all see our parents differently. Yeah. And it's just perception. Yeah. And how do you work with it? What's the point in having the birth chart? Okay, well, you see that that, that wound happened or that way of, you know, you don't know that you're walking around being hyper-independent, carrying the weight of the word, yeah. world on your shoulders. You don't know it. Some people do that until they go to a coach or you get to mid-30s and you're like, what is going on? <laughs> Something not adding up. And and then you are able to reframe it. Mm. Because for, for me as an astrologer, it, you, it's not about um, completely changing it. It's a reframe. Yeah. And I don't know if that's how you work. Yeah, I think that the way that we work from a coaching perspective is that sometimes a reframe is exactly what a person needs and it's all done on a neurological level. Times when a story or experience is, when somebody's looping, so they feel stuck and even though intellectually they want to move forward, intellectually they, you know, they want it but they can't, their behavior is out of alignment with who it is that they desire to be or who they need to be in order to be a match for what it is that they want. Then we have to work somatically with the body uh, and or energetically mm -hmm. with the energetic body um, um, because the stories live not just in the mind, but in the body and the energetic fields as well. Yeah, yeah, it has to all be followed through. Homeopathy, <laughs> magic potions. Do you think everybody can trans transmute their yeah. stuff yeah why would they not be able to i just wondered because of karma some people are in this life paying off baggage i know that judy hall the very famous crystal lady who wrote like the crystal bible she wrote all these books on soulmates and the soulmate myth and never never found it never never found the big love and i remember she'd written that she wrote it so honestly in her books and there is, there can be just the Chiron wound that she, she tore and she had love. She was loved globally for her work, but never, never, never found the big love. And it just makes me wonder, you know. I think that frequently we teach what we need to embody. And so I don't think that it negates yeah. anything. I don't know this lady. I know the crystal, um, I know the crystal Bible, but I don't know her. Um, so whilst I don't think it negates any of her teachings, I think that there is a deeper level of embodiment that she was unable to reach. Or the work that she needed to do was understanding that she is whole, she is worthy, she is complete, and, and, and take action from that place. So th there is no doubt yeah. in my mind. Oh, but, but I think maybe she got there. Maybe she got there and just didn't meet him in this lifetime. And but she got to the place of valuing yeah. herself. You know, she didn't settle. She could have settled. Yeah, she could have settled. Or maybe she was afraid. I mean, there are so many, there are so many things there. But, you know, I don't believe that there's only one soulmate. And I, like, it's unfathomable for me to conceive of the idea that I would not have another great love in my life. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's impossible. I don't know when that will happen. It might take me until I'm 95, but it's really impossible for me to think <laughs> that it, it won't happen. <laughs> yeah. I just wonder, I just wanted to ask the question because it's something that I think about. And I also think about money as well. Like, is it possible? I think people, people find the teacher when it's time, yeah. of, of course. So when they are ready to change, they will come yeah. to you. But 
is it possible for everyone to be like follow my follow my strategy and make a six-figure income this time next year no I, I, I don't think you're promising that but you see it on yeah. Instagram I know? don't I wish it was as simple as that because if it was as simple as that everybody would be making millions I think that it's never about a strategy I think it's about your personal success formula and I think that it, everything starts from the inside out and I think that when you do the work on your insides to know who you are to know that you're whole you're complete and enough sometimes those success metrics around six figures seven figures the car the holiday all of a sudden your value system changes because you're no longer measuring it against the joneses or what somebody on instagram says that you want and therefore no you're not going to have that financial breakthrough because you have decided that your creation energy, which is the fourth pillar, you're a um, pillar of limitless co-creation, where you want to be most creative isn't in the realms of money. And I think that from many people's perspective, like where we sit today, like that can be like incomprehensible. And what you just saw in Bali, when potentially when you're speaking to people about making this and making that they're like well that is so not my vibe yeah. not their radar yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think that it does yeah, change absolutely not they were like living here mate yeah. <laughs> you're living in London not bad <laughs> we're here and it's like yeah you know chilled great community food lifestyle good tips um okay thank you Susie we've, we've done an hour I want to ask you a question I need to do this you know I need to be like a you asked a good question, didn't you? I ask, I ask questions at the end, yeah, as in the same questions. I'm going to do that. That's what people on podcast do. Yeah, I know, but I've, I haven't planned it. So I didn't think of it until now. So that's what Susie did. I need to do that. So I would, given that it's you, I'm going to ask you this first, and then I might try and think of it a good one. Um, but what, has, what was the most jaw-dropping or rewarding or heart-filling transformation for you on this business journey what was the first moment maybe that you Ooh. were like oh this is working and this is uh, this has magical potential <sighs> that is a really difficult question however I'm going to go right back to the beginning and I'm going to say that actually the most affirming thing for me was qualifying as a hypnotherapist and a psychotherapist and the reason that that was, which is the start of my journey of really understanding the science behind change, at least from um, a neurological perspective. But the reason why that was important to me is that for years, I dropped out of school at 16. And so I had told myself the story that I wasn't academic, that I wasn't very bright, that I couldn't do it. And I decided that I was going to study because I had decided that I was going to create a new life for myself. And I decided that I was going to go all in. And so I did this diploma in Brighton. I started when Coco was like a month old and I went there one weekend a month and I kind of did all of my study and I completed that program and I finished top of the class. And that was a real like, whoa, I can't believe I did it. I can't believe that I finished it. I can't believe that I finished top of the class. I can't believe how much I loved it. It was just like fucking hell. 
you just did something amazing. You didn't even know that it was really possible, but you started, you decided that you were going to do it and you started and look what you've done. And I think that that has, that's the momentum that has carried me through the last 10 years, like doing stuff that even that was going to surprise me. So that Great, thank you. Was that your Saturn return by any chance? Um, well, it would have been... Were you 29? 11 years ago. When was that? <laughs> 2012? Yeah, 20... That was Saturn in Scorpio. So no, what, what, what was your Saturn return? I should ask everybody I've... that. What happened when you were 29? What happened when I was 29? I met, my, I met my ex-husband. Actually, no, I met him when I was 27. Oh. Don't know what was happening when I was 29. But you married at? I was married at 30. When did you marry? Was I? Is that true? 2009 I got married. 2009? Get the calculator yeah, out. Yeah, that's return. Get the charts out. 2000 and what, what month? August. Actually, the first time we got... Yeah, that was your Saturn return. You got married. Ah! Well, I was going to say the first time we got married was in the first January time. and then we got married in front of everybody in the August. So there we go. And we yeah. were together for three years before All of it that. was your Saturn return. Oh, shocking. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. What does that mean? You had a good Saturn return then. You were on path. Yeah. I, to be honest, I don't... Unless you didn't enjoy getting married. I, no, no, I loved getting married. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, was all, it was all aligned. I don't feel like I've been off path. Love that. Is there anything you want to say before we say goodbye? When will this be going out? Whenever you like, to be honest. Well... <laughs> When would you like it to I, go out? Well, whenever whenever feels good. But what I will say, if it goes out before February the 6th, I would love it if you pre-ordered my book, which is Infinite Receiving. It will be out on, yeah, February the 6th. And you can buy it from Amazon and all major booksellers right now. And if you do buy it before February the 6th, then email me your receipt because you will be able to receive a beautiful course I am creating in January called the art of receiving so I would love to be able to give you that gift yeah I heard that and I was like she is marketing <laughs> genius so good so organized <laughs> so satin in Virgo dotting your eyes and crossing yeah. your t's um which yeah I was worried actually that your book had, was already out and I hadn't got it so I need I'm gonna do thank that you. right thank now you. <laughs> I'm gonna order the book okay thank you thank you thank you Susie Ashworth it's been such a pleasure to talk to you and read your things and get to kind of know yeah. you over the past few months. You know, obviously, we spoke with and since then I've been following yeah. and, um, you know, it changes, doesn't it, once you've spoken to someone. And guys, I hope you all enjoyed Susie's super articulate, incisive, scorpionic <laughs> mind, even though she's a Libra, she's got a Scorpio stellium. <laughs> they want to know this stuff, you know, and, and I'm sure you can hear that. Moon and Gemini, by the way. <laughs> which is why she's so good at questions. Like, listen to me on her pod because she's better at Aww. questions than me and things don't fall out of her head. <laughs> thank you so much for so having annoying me. how things fall out of my head. And thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. And I'm going to think of questions um, to ask podcast guests. I'm going to have to ask the audience to think of one because it's not what I'm good at. It's like creating titles. Co-creation. Okay, right, Susie, I'll let you go because you've probably got a million things to do. Um, thank you, thank, thank you. Thank you. Talk to you soon. <laughs> 